It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Hey, I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Uh, I don't know, is that dream or dreamy business coach? Dream <laughs> business coach. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim is a marketing and business building expert and host of Newsletter Guru TV and Stick Like Guru, Stick Like Glue Radio. Say that 10 times fast, which I was privileged to be a guest on recently. You know, every business owner and entrepreneur have goals, but are those goals aligned with the dream of the type of company you want to be and the ideal type of customers that you want to serve? Well, my guest today, Jim Palmer, is an expert at helping business owners and entrepreneurs build their dream business, and he's going to help us sort out what you need to do to build yours. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Andy, how are you doing? We're flipping the microphone around We're this time. We're flipping the microphone, <laughs> yeah. So, tell us a little bit about you. you know, how did you get started in, in business? I got started um, about fi almost 15 years ago now. I lost my job. I was VP of marketing for a company. And, and uh, one day I was told my position had been eliminated. It's a very sanitized way of saying, get the heck out of here. Have so, a nice life. unexpectedly? Yeah, right? I mean, you just showed up at work one day and that was it? No, it no was hints? Very unexpectedly. As a matter of fact, I had just gotten back from a 10-day vacation with my family. Up Went up through Canada and New England. And it's on Monday, my first day back. And... And uh, yeah, it was around lunchtime. The owner showed up and sat in front of my desk. And said, "How's your vacation? Good. Well, I got some news for you. And <laughs> let me t let me know that was my last day. <laughs> so I didn't want to call you on your vacation. <laughs> you know, well, okay, well, thank you. Oh, so it wasn't one of those things where they decided when you're gone they could do without you. I don't know, but you know what? Uh, all things happen for a reason, and that's what uh, caused me to you know initially with at that point i had still had four teenagers at home i was the uh, chief breadwinner stephanie was working semi part time now that the kids were older but we we for a long time made a decision she'd be a stay at home mom mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. awesome and uh so it was a really big financial hit and, and even though i knew in my heart someday i am going to have my own business um now i did now meaning then i didn't feel it was the right time with you know insurance, direct deposit, mortgage, this thing called food with four teenagers and everything else. So I started looking for work. And one thing led to another is about 15 months later, uh, I was still out of work. And uh, in, in that whole, in that same time period, about uh, a year after I lost my job, I was uh, for the first time diagnosed with cancer. And Really? Yeah, really bad time. I mean, talk about stress. 12 months after losing my job, you know, I, I was uh, told I had cancer, didn't know if it was stage two or stage three. So, yeah, I don't think my face could look any more stressed than it did. But, you know, with God's grace, I got through it. And um, I decided uh, in October of 2001 to start my own business. You know what? I just got to take control of my life because my life is out of control. And um, I started my business and never looked back. Wow. So, where do you stand with regard to your cancer these days? Um, I am cancer-free. Excellent. At, I consider it at the moment. I've had it twice since, but I, I go to uh, I go regular checkups. I mean, for six years, I went every 90 days, and I've graduated the last, um, I don't know how many years, four or five years, uh, to every six months, which I'll do the rest of my life. And but So I've had it, but we, we catch it and take wow. care of it. Yeah. Okay, well, obviously, you know, our best for you for that. So 
You really work. get your perspective in order, I'll tell you that. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. My wife went through that. Yeah, that that uh it's a wake up call. It really is. And you know, it's it's funny. I it was one of the worst I call it my season of crises. It was a very very bad time in my life, but and I wouldn't change it now with hindsight and I mean it may I am I am absolutely a different man than I was not that I was a horrible human being, but I was chasing, you know, title and I wanted a lot of stuff and you know that whole thing and and I'll tell you what, I mean, it's all about relationships and family and not that I don't enjoy success and I do have some things, but it, those are things that I think are are fun to have. I no longer count them as things I need to have or to check off the box or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've just, uh, you know, every day and I literally, before I get out of bed, every day, I thank the Lord. Every day is a gift and a blessing at this point. And, and um you know, if there was a period for about three weeks, I didn't know if the average, if my life, if I followed the average, if I would be around in five years. So um, it's a good thing. That's a great thing. So your work now is really involved and centered around helping entrepreneurs build their dream business. So words like dream or business are sort of used somewhat and thrown around somewhat casually. But so what is what is the dream business? That's interesting. I, you know, I, I do see a lot of people talk about different how they describe different businesses. I thought I was pretty unique with dream business, but maybe other people are doing that. And you know what? I I started a um, putting on live events uh, almost three years ago, uh, Andy, and um, I, I just kind of coined the term dream business. And to me, a dream business uh, has several several parts, I guess. A dream business continues to grow even during a, a crappy economy. It has multiple streams of revenue, so you're not just dependent on one. It becomes an asset for worry-free retirement. It's always firing on all cylinders. It's fun to operate. It does provide the lifestyle that you want to have. And all of that combined allows you to give back and, and make a difference in the lives of others. So let's go back and go through those just briefly. So what okay. was the first one again was? Grows even during a crappy economy. So, give an example of you know a company you worked with that that was. Uh... Well, there's a lot of companies, uh, business owners that I'm coaching now, but I'll just talk about my own. I mean, I've had some of the best growth in the last five to seven years, which I would fair to say is some of the hardest uh, times for small business owners. Right. And um, you know, it's it's all about providing value. See, money is always moving in in, in our economy and society, etc. And money always moves towards value. Um, you know, you you need to know how to market yourself, how to set yourself apart, how to uh, brand yourself. So you're the you're the most sought after person. So you're not cold calling and and always looking for your next client. I mean, I haven't cold called in years and years and years. Most of my new clients come by way of referral. People hear some of the marketing I'm doing, such as the podcast I do, such as the podcast I'm on now, and do videos. I do all this different stuff, which attracts people to either buy my books, come to one of my events, and you know, and that can lead to business. So. So it is about branding and marketing and doing it smartly um, so you continue to attract the right customers. And so the second then you talked about was multiple streams of revenue. That's correct. You know, um, so I started out 15 years ago in the newsletter business, and I was writing, designing newsletters for clients, one client at a time, so to speak. And after five years, I'd, I'd grown a multiple six-figure business, but I was burned out. I was doing everything, chief cook and bottle washer, mm-hmm, as they mm-hmm. say. And so I changed to a whole different model, uh, you know, discovered the power of internet marketing and all different things. And so now my my second 
uh, business, which is kind of my core business for many years called No Hassle Newsletter. So we actually provide newsletter content and done-for-you templates to companies all over this country and actually six or seven different countries. So I, I abandoned the whole one-on-one. And so you you know, you would in the old days. I'd do a newsletter for a company. I'd get paid, and then I'd I'd hope, wish, and pray they come back next month, next quarter, at any time in the near future. Otherwise, you're constantly looking for a new client. Now I've got a a business that has a predictable stream of revenue, but that was only one. That led to a printing business because people wanted their newsletters printed. Mm-hmm. I do articles for folks. Then I created No Hassle Social Media. I got my coaching business, and there's probably a couple others. But every, so multiple streams of revenue really help you sleep really really good at night <laughs> okay <laughs> i i would agree to that so and third third point you talked about the third point was it becomes an asset for worry-free retirement because at some point i mean the whole thing about being an entrepreneur is you're willing to work very very hard for a period of time you're the one that's willing to do things that other people are not willing to do so you can live the life other people won't have and that's true i mean I, if i look at the last uh, 12 to 15 years, you know, I probably work more hours than the average person in, in 20 or 25 years. Sure. But that's okay because it's my business. I'm building something. But, you know, I, I also want to spend more time with my grandkids, spend more time on my boat and things like that. And so at some point, you want to have an asset that you can then sell. And that that's part of a dream business. In other words, you need to grow a business that has the right systems and procedures so very, very simplified. On Friday, when you turn over the keys to somebody and they give you a nice check, on Monday, that business continues to run without you. Most people set up their businesses so that they really can't run without them. And that obviously is not an asset that's going to be able to be uh, sold very easily. Well, it's all exactly. And, and certainly a problem you see with uh, people in professional services, consulting, and so on. It's all about them. And not only cannot be sold, but it can't really be scaled. That's exactly right. So, I mean, it's, you sort of have two limitations there. So, what was beyond the uh, making asset? Uh, the uh, firing all cylinders and, and fun to operate. I mean, if you, you have the right systems and procedures in place, if you have a good team that you not only hire and train, but the number one thing people forget to do is empower them to do their job. Um, so literally, I could take off and my business would keep running outside of the coaching business. You know. If I have scheduled coaching calls, obviously I do those. But if I if I blocked out a day or a week or long weekend, whatever, the, all the other businesses that I have uh, keep running without me. So you know, for me, that's that's fun, and it does provide the lifestyle that I want. And you know, just with with so much going on, it, it we've really gotten into position where we can. Um, have an impact and, and really make a difference in the lives of others, which which I think is something that I don't know. I'm I'm 57, and you know I think as you get older, you start worrying less about where your next paycheck's coming from. You start worrying a little bit more about your legacy and what you're going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what's your legacy going to be? Our legacy is uh, we are involved with uh, three charities. When I mean involved, we don't just write checks. We're, we donate a lot of our time. We're mentors with, a, uh, with an organization called Bridge of Hope, where, um, w- which is for uh, single moms in very desperate situation. Uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm involved in an organization called Good Works, where we uh, rehab homes for low-income people, which is a polite way of saying they're very, very poor. It's, off, it's a choice of food or you know maybe a gallon of heating oil at a 
of time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we go in and and make their homes warmer, safer, drier. I was on, I served uh, two terms on their board, helping with their marketing, and then I also donate with uh, a bunch of other guys on my team. We donate uh, the fourth Saturday of the of the month. We're, we're out there all day uh, repairing homes. Excellent, excellent. So, what is the biggest barrier that you see that most entrepreneurs build <laughs> to themselves? to their own success, you know, the ones they create themselves that uh, prevent them from succeeding. They are, they are uh, really held back by this scary monster, which is called when I, <laughs> and a when I is, is something or somebody, it's an invisible force and it goes something like this. Okay. Yes. I will finally do some marketing. When I, I will start taking time off. When I, I will hire a coach. When I, I will do this. When I, and when I never happens because it, really, if you have that mindset, you keep moving the goalposts. I made a really important decision in uh, 2007 uh, when I was, I had started my whole, my second business and I kind of was shifting and transitioning and cash flow was really, really tight. But that's when I joined my first mastermind group. And it was a $400 a month investment that cash flow said I couldn't afford, but my heart said, I want this and this will help me grow faster. So I made a decision to invest in myself. I didn't say when I get another $400 in revenue, I'll put it toward coaching. I said, nope, I, I've got the drive. I've got the smarts. I've got the work ethic. I just need some other people pushing me, holding me accountable, sharing ideas and pointing out things that I don't see. Because when they do that, I will be all over it and I will grow my business. And literally in about five months after I joined, I had significantly more revenue to cover the $400. But see, a lot of folks, they just keep saying, when I, I'll do this, when I, I'll do this, when I, I'll invest in that, when I, and it never happens. Yeah, so why are people always setting that precondition, right? It's like, I'm looking for that perfect moment to do something. You know, if you have that mindset, um, you should not be an entrepreneur because the true nature of entrepreneurship is, is one of risk. I've got an idea or I can provide a service or I've got a product that would work, but it is risk. I mean, there's risk involved. Um, in my book, Decide, uh, The Ultimate Success Trigger, I talk about three kinds of entrepreneurs, Andy. I talk about a savings account entrepreneur, a uh, stock market entrepreneur, and a casino entrepreneur. Now, a, a savings account entrepreneur is somebody who is totally risk averse. In other words, if you had $1,000, you would most likely go down to your corner savings and loan and put it in there. In 10 years, you can go back there and that $1,000 will be there and it's guaranteed to be there actually by the government. And, oh, you're going to get $1.26 in interest over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no risk and therefore there's no reward. Now, a, a stock market entrepreneur is willing to say, okay, I'm going to put it in some mutual funds and some stocks and do some other things. And and there is a little bit of risk. In fact, if, if the entire system went kaflui, I could lose my entire $1,000. But for the most part, if you look over any 10-year period, I can probably get 5 to 7% return on my investment. So you, 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 you're, you're a little bit of risk, and but there's a much bigger reward than $1.26. And a casino entrepreneur is someone who says, you know what, I so believe in my Myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push all the chips into the middle of the table, and I'm gonna bet on, you know, black or black, you know, right. uh, symbolically, I'm gonna bet on myself to win big. 
And if you think about it, that's what Fred Smith did with Federal sure. Express. And in the late 70s, good, goodness gracious, there was the Iranian oil embargo. There were gas lines. And, oh, I remember. And to prove his concept, he didn't just rent a couple Cessnas and try and deliver packages through Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas. He bought multiple DC-9 jets. He had to have a pilot and co-pilot, ground crews. He started out with used vans, but he had to have delivery drivers. And he lost millions upon millions of dollars for several months, if not a few years, before that thing you know, caught fire. But that's somebody who literally bet the farm. He could have lost huge, but he actually won very big. Risk is a by reward is a byproduct of risk. Right. And vision sort of seems to be part of that though, right? I mean, so, you know, you talk about the various types, but it's, it's not, it's risk, but part of it is also, isn't that risk tied to sort of the lack of a vision? You know, I think there's uh, people that do have vision. Uh, there's a lot of people that have vision, but the amount of people who are willing to put skin in the game, I mean, in any in any uh, group, in any industry, certainly in, even in society, you're going to have your top 1%, your top 2%. Those people, I mean, they the top 1% exists because certain people are so far above the crowd, and I don't necessarily think in intelligence also that's part of it, but they're so far above the average group and what they're willing to do, how much they're willing to, I mean, if you're starting a business from scratch and you've got young kids, you know, God bless you because you're going to be missing some soccer games. I don't say that lightly. I think you should not miss many if you can help it. But when you're starting a business, I mean, it's almost 24 seven for months and months and months, if not a few years until you get that thing going where you can, where it can start, you know, sustaining itself and growing and being able to take on additional support staff and things like that. But if, if you're not into that, you, you know, you're in for a long, long, tough road. If, if you're, you know, clocking in at nine and leaving at five o'clock. Exactly. Well, good. We're going to take a short break and we come back, talk more with my guest, Jim Palmer. We're going to talk about mastermind groups when we come back. Stay with us. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, I'm back with my guest, Jim Palmer, and uh, we're going to talk about some mastermind groups for small business owners and entrepreneurs. The word is out there. You know, it's, it's as you talked about before, sometimes, you know, entrepreneurs are struggling because they, they know they need help, but they haven't really identified what form that, that help should come in, right? And so how do you, how do you make that assessment, you know, about what steps to take next? And, and, you know, then we'll start talking about what a mastermind group is and why that might be an alternative to, well, I think what most people do is we'll just hire a consultant. Yeah. You know, the thing is, um, mastermind group is a term that's thrown around. It's a good one. I mean, if you're in a good mastermind group, you're in a good place. Realistically, though, I'd say if you had a choice between working with a, an a experienced business coach or a mastermind group, I would go with a business coach. 
the the ideal situation is being in a mastermind group that is led by a coach. So, well, that's a lot. What do you mean, Jim? See, a lot of people will get together and they'll say, <laughs> Yeah, don't blame hey. me. You ask the questions. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I forgot which side of the desk I'm on. But, um, you know, some people will get together and say, hey, let's meet every month and we'll share some ideas. We'll hold each other accountable. And there's no investment. But, you know, you figure you're all smart and everybody will contribute. That's one idea. The, the problem with that is unless there's skin in the game, if, you've got, if some member or a couple members have things to do or something comes up, they're not going to be there. And by the way, this this uh, um, accountability partner you had, so what's that look like? Well, did you, get your, did you start your book? No, I got real busy. I had a couple sick kids. Blah, blah. Okay, well, you know what? Let's let's see what you can get done by next month. That's not accountability. That's a friend being, you know, kind. Supportive, right? Exactly. You know, there's a lot of mastermind groups where you do pay and everybody takes turn being the leader. Nothing wrong with that. At least you got skin in the game. I think the best, ma- and I've been doing this for a long time, the best mastermind groups are led by somebody who's got a real proven track record. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of groups out there that are led by people who have read every book, attended every seminar, and they're basically regurgitating somebody else's information. Not that there's anything wrong with the information they're sharing, but you know, when, when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, I think, in my opinion, you want to be working with somebody who's actually done what they're teaching other people to do. Well, let's take a step back, though, and let's, let's define what a mastermind group is. So people who aren't familiar with the term, and you you run mastermind groups. So tell people what it is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it is a group of like-minded individuals who come together with the collective um, idea and strategy is to support each other. Very often as entrepreneurs, it's kind of lonely at the top time. And we often can't see, you know, I hate to sound like a walking, uh, you know, uh, I forget the word now where you have these phrases, but where you can't see the forest through the trees, mm-hmm. you, know? you know, and it's because we're so close to our business. Now, when you're part of a mastermind group, you can come to the group, you bring us challenge, you bring a question or, and you get some help and strategy and you get accountability. Uh, very often, there's a thing that I'm, I'm kind of known for in my group. It's called tough love. And so somebody could even come to the mastermind and propose a question. Hey, I'm really thinking of doing this. This is going to be great. And I know it's not going to be great. And that, you know, part of what you pay for is the harsh reality of, you know what, I'm not sure that's the right thing for you. Here's why. And um, so that that's part of what makes it good. But by and large, a mastermind group, I mean, it goes all the way back to the days of, you know, Henry Ford and Firestone, and they all got together and, and were sharing ideas because they're all business owners. They all had either manufacturing or something going on, and they all helped make each other more successful. Right. So there are examples of local mastermind groups like Vistage, for instance, right, where you've got a, I'll call that a mastermind group. Yeah. Um, You've got a local chair and local business owners, but increasingly, and I think yours as well, these are virtual, right? So there's some number of people that get together on a monthly basis virtually. Exactly. You know, a lot of there's there's quite a few mastermind groups that will meet three or four times a year. So like once a quarter and, and typically you'll fly to a certain place. You know, when I started my group, um, I was in a mastermind group and uh, and people started asking me, you know, what do you think about the only thing I don't mind masterminding. I think it's a great idea, but there's a day of tra- if it's a two day meeting, there's a day of travel on either end of it. It's like four days out of the office and not that there's not value. So I, I listen. I'm a very good listener, Andy. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this virtually. So I actually have, you know, uh, we meet monthly. We meet on my conference line and uh, I run it exactly like a mastermind group. I have timed profit 
profit seats. I call them profit seats. Some people call them hot seats. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, everybody gets a chance to ask a question and get feedback. And but nobody has to travel. You know, in about three hours, it's done. And I, there's two calls a month, and they're recorded. So if you miss one, you can listen to the other profit seats, and it works really well. So how many people on average in a mastermind group? Well, it's hard to say. There are mastermind groups with five or six people. There are, there are some which have, you know, 30, 40, or 50, which is kind of where my group is. And there's some there's some that call themselves mastermind groups that have two or 300. I don't think that's a mastermind more group. More a community at like that an, point. That's an association. Yeah. That's what I said, more of a community. Yeah. So what do they get out of it? You know, what do they have to put in? What do they get out? They get faster growth. That's really the bottom line. That's why you want to do it. And what I tell people, some you know, sometimes people will ask me, um, "What happens, you know, when I make this investment? What kind of guarantee do I get?" Well, first of all, there's no guarantee. It's be immoral and unethical to make any guarantee at all. But I do make one guarantee: if you don't make a multiple, and probably the multiple could be three or four or five times, it could be ten. You can choose. But if you don't make a multiple of your investment in the first year, I guarantee you will not be invited back because it will not be. For lack of uh, lack of ideas, lack of accountability. You know, we got a track record in this group now, and people have been with me for years, and um, it's it really produces results. And there's always a few people who don't make it because you know we've got a group of action takers, and that's that's just the way it is. And not everybody is is set up and 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 attuned for that kind of growth. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for say, okay, mastermind group sounds like an idea for me, something I should be looking at. Yeah, how do you? decide what's the right fit for you for example we you know we have a, a website where we, we share a lot of information but there's no sign up button on my website everybody is vetted by me it's it's this group that keeps growing but everybody every single person has, has talked to me first there's an application actually so you got to tell me about who you are what your goals are what you think's holding you back and then we get on the phone for half an hour every single person in the group i talk to for half an hour and i'll determine if it's a good fit and um, if it's a good fit, if I think I can help them and, and they feel good about it, then they join. And, you know, the average person stays, I think, on average three to four years. And does it, again, is it aligned by business type or business size or it's now, a mix? Well, that's, a, that's another thing that I think is unique to my programs. I take people of of all industries and all experience levels. So if you're just, if you're a beginner, if you haven't yet cracked six figures or, you know, I have people, my largest client does about $44 million a year. And the reason I do that is sometimes the more successful you are, the more in the box you get and you start playing it a little safer. And sometimes the the best ideas come from the most naive person (laughs) and vice versa. So I think the power of the group is in the power of the group, so to speak. So if you're only working, if let's say you're a realtor, if you're only in a group with other realtors, well, what are you going to learn how other people are growing other than what other realtors are doing? So, I mean, we have painters, we have plumbers, we have coaches, we have, I have several doctors in my group. Um, I mean, all over the place and everybody learns from each other. I mean, a lot of the value, Andy, comes from when people are hearing other people's profit seats. Matter of fact, our last call was like about three weeks ago. So I guess we're coming up next week or so. And anyway, somebody posted, we have a private group where people can post comments and mm-hmm. questions. And somebody said, I want to thank so-and-so for asking that question. That's something I didn't even need. I didn't even know I needed to ask, but I relished the information that was shared. That's the kind of, that's the kind of power you get out of being in the group. So who's it for? So let's just sort of last question about the, the mastermind group, because I want people who are listening to be able to say, okay, 
yeah, I think I fit in that, you know, that requirement. I think that profile fits me of somebody that, you know, should be looking at evaluating or joining this type of group. The, the kind of the line that I usually use, if you're at a point where you finally decided that slow to no growth is no longer an acceptable option, you're ready to play a bigger game, then you should apply to be in, in my program or some other, you know, mastermind group. Because most mastermind groups that have a, that are led by an experienced leader, those are people that are growing. Those are people that are investing, have skin in the game. And that's usually what it takes. I mean, a lot of times people have good ideas, they have good intentions, but unless they have skin in the game, they're not going to do some of the tough things they know they need to do. One of my one of my greatest success stories is a woman doctor from Canada, and she actually came into my program at the um, entry level for a year, and then she applied to be in my my upper end VIP program. She said, "I was tired, and I finally looked in the mirror and said, I'm a bag of excuses.' And I figured if I put this kind of money into the into the you know, into my, my thing, I'm going to have to do what Jim says. And she basically did and has really turned her business around. So putting skin in the game is, is a big part of it. Okay. Well, good. Well, we're going to move on to the last segment of the show where we talk about some, uh, well, I have some rapid fire questions for you and, and you can give me one word answers or you can elaborate as much as you want, except for the first one. The first one takes a little elaboration. So first one is a question I ask every one of my guests and here's a hypothetical scenario. You've been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out. And so, in your first week in the job, what two things could you do that would have the biggest impact? I would, if it's all local, I would visit as many. But if realistically, I would talk to every client, previous client, current or previous or past customer that I could talk to. Because no matter what kind of business you want to have, the greatest and fastest way that you can increase your revenue is to sell more to people that have already been proven to be buyers. And those are your previous customers. So there's money to be had in your current customers. And there's always money to be had in your past customers. Because a lot of customers that end up leaving, it's just for some kind of a a bad experience or there's some sort of a situation that can easily be remedied. Okay. Is that both of them or is that one? Oh, um, oh the second so, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the second thing I would do is I would find out, I would ask my, am I the sales manager or I took over the company? You could be there, but I'm saying you're the sales leader. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my team, assuming I'm not on the, I'm not the guy in the street. I'm going to go to my team and say, I want to know where the last 10 new clients came from. And then I'm going to do a kind of a little CSI work. What industry do they have? In, what are they come from a common industry? They are, they have a certain size. Do they, they have like, are they $5 million companies or, you know, half a million dollar companies? Do they have a certain number of employees? I want to know where the, what the similarity is, what attracted them, because by and large, there's going to be one or two or three factors. That is the reason those are attractive. And then I'm going to go after more of those type of people instead of just casting a net over the big blue ocean. Sounds entirely too logical. <laughs> All right. So great answer, though. So let's move into the, some rapid fire questions now. So now that I've built it up so much. So what is the most powerful sales tool for you? Videos. Name one tool you use for managing your own sales that you can't live without. Uh, I'd say high rise. Okay. CRM system for people that aren't yep. aware of it or Salesforce automation system. So who's your business role model? Dan Kennedy, I guess, would be the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Internet marketing expert. So besides one of your own books, what's one book that every entrepreneur should read? 
Um, uh, you know, the first one that comes to mind, it may not be the, the best. I'll go, always go with the first one. There's a book I read about six months ago. It's called Me, Inc., Me, Inc., by Gene Simmons, the bass player from Kiss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, love him or hate him as a musician, that guy has made tens of millions of dollars because he's become a marketing and branding expert. Yeah. And one of the lessons in that book, I'll just share really briefly, he went through in this one chapter and said, uh, I, I didn't know how to read music. That didn't stop me from being a musician. I didn't know how to produce records. That didn't stop me. Uh, they wanted me to act in a movie later on. That I never had an acting lesson. That didn't stop me. They said, I want to start my own uh, marketing business. Never had experience. That didn't stop me. He went down this list of at least 15 things that he did. And he, oh, one of the great ones was he wanted to be a speaker. So he joined some speakers bureau and they said, what's your fee? And he goes, I don't know, probably 150, 200,000. They laughed, said our average guy gets 15,000. So he quit the group, launched his speaking on his own. He gets $150,000 a speech. Did I have any training? No. So I mean, it's just a really good book for, for kind of clearing the head trash out of, out of your own brain that says, well, I don't really have any experience there. Excellent. Okay. Great recommendation. So here's the tough question. So what's favorite music for you to listen to to pump yourself up? Mm, to pump myself up? Well, I've got three different styles of music. So, so I'm failing the one word answer test. Sorry. No, you can, I said you could elaborate. I gave you an excuse. There you go. So I'm a classic rock guy. I'm, I'm a product of the 70s. So I love classic rock. Uh, in my older years, I've really grown to like a lot of different country. I like uh uh, some Margaritaville type radio, Jimmy Buffett, uh, yeah. but I'm a big writer. And when I'm writing, I listen to slack key Hawaiian guitar and it's a, it's Get an out of town. That's what I write my books to. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I've yeah. got, a, I've got a playlist with like uh, 300 songs on it. <laughs> that's my slack key guitar list. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the thing. When I'm writing, I cannot have, um, any singing. I can't yes. have anything going on in my head. And so I listen to acoustic music only. And I've really, I, I just, I have a station on Pandora called Hawaiian Guitar. And it's just soothing. It's relaxing. It's fun. But it's just a little bit of noise that I have just to, but there's no singing. Otherwise, I'll be singing and humming and it'll get off my track. So how about that, Andy? Isn't that incredible? Yeah. We'll talk about that after we get to finish the episode. So. <laughs> So the last question for you then. So what's the question you get, one question you get asked most frequently by entrepreneurs? What's the one thing I can do to earn more profit in my business? And the answer is? First of all, the answer is you should not ask what's the one thing, but since people do ask it that way, uh, my answer is this. You will earn significantly more profit for who you are than what you do. I'm going to say it again because it's really powerful. You'll earn significantly more money for who you are than what you do. So if you're an accountant, it's not about saying, hey, you know what? I add numbers really, 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 really well. Um, it's you got you got to stand for something. It's your branding. You want to be known. If somebody says, hey, who's the best person for this? Fill in the blank. You want them to say, oh, that's so-and-so. Fill in the blank. Go to him or go to her. It's all about branding. Um, it, no matter what, it, and it makes no difference as to what field or what industry you're in. If you have the proper branding, people will be beating a path to your door. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. My guest today has been Jim Palmer. Jim, how can people find out more about you? My home base is uh, getjimpalmer.com, getjimpalmer.com. I have a free gift for your listeners, Andy, and all they got to do is go to getjimpalmer.com, hit forward slash Andy, and uh, there's a free report called Three Little Known Secrets to Working Less, Selling Less, 
but making more. And there's no even there's not even an opt-in. You can just download it right off that page, getjimpalmer.com forward slash Andy. Excellent. And that information will be on the show notes page on my website for this episode. So great. Well, Jim, thanks for being on the show. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our great conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Jim Palmer, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. 